Hey everyone, and welcome to the newest episode of the Jay Davis Show. Uh, I'm very excited for our guest today. Uh, we we met recently and have become pretty quick friends, I would say. Uh, his name is Johnny Shilareff, uh, and he's an entrepreneur and founder. Uh, has done amazing things that I would say almost everyone has seen before and 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 had interaction with. And so, really excited to talk today. Thanks for coming on the show, Johnny. No problem. Happy to be here. Grateful. Well, can you give everyone kind of a background bio, uh, a little bit more about you? Uh, yeah, sure. Um, I'm a kind of a street kid, grew up on the East Coast, uh, skateboarding, doing a lot of art, came from a dysfunctional background, I'd say, just more of like not your sort of typical white picket fence life. Um, I think that gave me a lot of a lot of grit. So when I started getting an entrepreneurial bug as a kid, uh, just really wanted to go off and do things myself. Uh, I'd say what I'm most known for, if that's the right thing to say, uh, is for Element Skateboard Company, um, Element Skateboards. Um, I've also I'm a co was co owner of a Forum One Video Magazine, uh, Video Productions, big big sort of action sports production company. We did a BMX skate snow surf uh, uh, video content for the world. Um, definitely have had quite a few other entrepreneur endeavors, mostly in the skateboarding world. I uh, started a brand um, a few years ago with my wife and family called The Heart Supply, which is a give back uh, brand for the skateboarding community, getting kids on skateboards at a reasonable price and safety and, and positivity involved. Um, and then also, I'm, <laughs> man, it's a lot. Uh, I've got a few other things going on. I do a lot of skate camps and I play around in the world of real estate or my wife and I do, and that's probably another conversation, but, um, mostly, uh, right now, a lot of my time is spent on being the CEO, CEO of USA skateboarding. And our, our mission is bring awareness to skateboarding, creating a pipeline, uh, for the skateboarding community, all the way from like core, uh, skateboard competitions to things like the Olympics or X Games and so on. So we create a pipeline. We take care of a lot of the athletes, the community, nourish it, uh, come at it from like an authentic standpoint because with mainstream sports, a lot of and businesses, mainstream sports businesses, they come in and don't necessarily know how to handle our space with some kid gloves. So we, we do that too. Um, yeah. There's probably more. <laughs> but uh, Oh, and I'm an artist. Yeah. I'm a self self uh, proclaimed artist. So I definitely that's my one of my favorite things to do. I should mention that because that really brings me probably some of the greatest joy. Yeah, just doing my fine fine art, painting and drawing. Still, I try to try to stick to those original passions. Uh, painting and, and drawing is that kind of the yeah. the fine art you focus on? Yeah, I'd say painting, drawing, but I, I do. I play around with music and like, you know, having my editing sort of social media, well, not really social media, digital media background with four one video productions. I do get, as you experienced earlier, I'm pretty, pretty uh, savvy, I suppose, with like editing music, sound, lights, all that stuff, because our, our video production company was really deep in that. We had that company, I think, for probably close to 15 years. It was a pretty long time. Did you sell it or what did you do with it? We, Yeah, we <clears> sold <throat> it. Uh, we took it as far as we thought we could. I um, had a great crew of 
of people there kind of like in, in my opinion we kind of capped out with there was a big pivot from dvds and and youtube let's say and things were shifting a lot we had to make some big decisions of like did we want to try to keep up with technology research reinvest or uh sell the business and and some people stayed on board others didn't and uh yeah we sold it yeah to wasserman media group uh that's who we sold it to it's amazing yeah. uh yeah. cool how have you i think one of the things i i can't I, take any credit for that though it was a bunch of other smart people around me yeah doing all the heavy lifting i'll say i just looks good on the resume <laughs> well i think that's uh one of the things already in our interactions i've i've learned quickly is you have a great uh you're you're a magnet for talented people because everyone i've oh, met thank you who you work with i'm like man this person's super sharp <laughs> like super smart <laughs> Very fun, yeah. very like oh, that's enjoyable cool. to be I around. Appreciate so. that. That's a that's a huge compliment. Thank you. Well, I mean it. It's it's been really and and I think that's what great one of the kind of core talents of great entrepreneurs is is they they're they're almost uh, like they're great at rallying the troops. Hey, okay, who do I need? Like, what's what's my team? Who are the people I need? What skill sets do they need? It's almost kind of like you watch those you know, a team or, or those kind of heist movies. And I think entrepreneurs are like, okay, I need, I need a, one of these guys. I need one of that's these actually guys. Cool. I, I never heard that comparison. That's good. That's definitely a good way to put it. Yeah. Yeah. But you definitely have that talent. What, what do you think your process has been throughout your career? I mean, you've done a, a ton of amazing things, multivariate kind of multi hyphen kind of person. Like you, you jump between things very well. How did you discover that? I think I think for younger people, younger entrepreneurs, they're kind of still in that of like, who am I? What am I? What am I great at? Any advice that you would give the listeners of how you've gone through that process? I'm sure it's been it's been a you know kind of crazy path and not a straight line by any means. But any advice that you would give on how to discover those things? That's a that's a great question. Um, for me, I'm, I mean, those who know me, um, I'm just really passionate. I'm just a very passionate person about my sort of core values, uh, my passion for sure for skateboarding um, and I and art, creativity and, and skateboarding. It, it kind of just like at the, at the DNA of everything I do. So I think the, the reason I kind of discovered all these different qualities I have and also things I'm really not good at is just pure passion, just loving something and kind of rolling up my sleeves and and getting into it and then realizing like, oh, I, this is really cool. Like I love this or love this person or maybe vice versa. I really don't like this. I don't enjoy this. I don't like this company. And then just sort of getting laser focused on either getting away from that, not making it part of my life anymore or making sure I don't get involved with something along those lines. Yeah. And then just sort of, especially with my age, you're, I just start narrowing the path of, of what I really want to get into and who I want to do it with. But ultimately, it's a process of elimination of things I don't like and things I love. Yeah. That's, I, I, I love that approach of thinking of it more of, a, more of eliminating the things. Um, I think that's something that 
most entrepreneurs have struggled with. How do you eliminate things from your life? Um, I, I noticed yeah, one really. of the things for me is I drag things out too long. So that's something I'm trying to work on is not doing that. But what have you learned about elimination of things that you're like, hey, this is not what I'm best at? Um, well, failure is a great one. Yeah. You know, you basically, like you said, you have a hard time stopping it. And so ultimately it stops for you because if you fail at it you know i've got a lot of a lot of things that are cool on my resume or things i've accomplished in life with other people but i've also screwed up a lot of stuff and it, and it kind of like ends up going away uh even down to people you know like employees you know this is terrible but a lot of times you might want to you might have to be tasked with the hard thing of letting someone go and you know that story where they quit before you fire them and it's always like whoo yeah. That was great. And so <laughs> I think that, that that's gnarly. And so a lot of it is just through like organic sort of the pro the progress. But also also I think it's kind of gnarly, but you I think the one thing about being a successful entrepreneur is and this does come with age, is the ability to rip the band-aid off. Yeah. You know, the ability to just say, This person's gotta go or I gotta like pivot like now and it's the ability to be able to make some pretty ballsy decisions um that you're sort of like i don't even know if this is right or wrong but if i don't do something it, it, it's just not going to change um and so yeah i think ripping the band-aid off is a good way to put it and it's it's kind of gnarly like I, I think that almost you, you almost can't being an entrepreneur is interesting because you can be like a uh, like a fake entrepreneur or you can be a real entrepreneur yeah. i think that's a really interesting thing like people say they're entrepreneurs but they've never really executed or put things under their belt i mean i think you're a more successful on entrepreneur if you have a warehouse full of inventory that you couldn't sell you're basically on your way going out of business yeah but at least you had the balls to like make a bunch of product and fail yeah. then the other guy that's running around kind of doing a bunch of like networking um using other people's warehouses you know not really making the commitment and not really having that i succeeded at this and failed miserably at that but at least that's like a true entrepreneur yeah but really the ones that run around and claim that because they made like a t you know one t-shirt half a screen in their garage and are out hucking it you know i i just don't i i have a lot of I have a lot more respect for people that have actually done it, even if they've done it horribly. Yeah. No, I, I think that's so true. I think, I think the almost in very similar terms, when I talk to friends who it's like, man, this might not work. And it's like, well, what are you going to do next? They're like, well, start another business. It's like, yeah, you're an yeah. entrepreneur. <laughs> when people are like, yeah. eh, it didn't work. I'm probably going to go do something else. Like I'm going to go get a job or I'm going to go like, totally pivot my career i'm like that's fine but i think like you said it's like when i've had those moments of like man this might not work like we might not make it through this it's like well the day it would be over i would start another business yeah but that's yeah i think it's a fine line between core. yeah fine line between being an entrepreneur and being a, a, a salesman or a hustler yeah big difference like yeah there i i i know there's hustlers and and sort of salesmen and then there's entrepreneurs 
Yeah. Like man, that's a there's a there's a big big gap between those two people. And yeah. To be to be the other one, an entrepreneur, it's gnarly. Yeah. It's uh, I, that's what I think. I, I've talked about this before. I think we've oversold in some ways entrepreneurship in America. It, um, because I think we've kind of sold it as like this, you know, like, oh, you don't have a boss. You have, you know, you get to do whatever you want. I'm like, that's really right. not it. It's really that, exactly. Like, that's a good, yeah. Drive to create. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. Being independent and working from your house and you look like what you just said, that's, that's, that, that's not being an entrepreneur. That's, I yeah. mean, that's, it's cool. Yeah. By the way, not being, being, not being or being an entrepreneur, it's not. I have plenty of respect for CEOs that aren't entrepreneurs and salespeople that work for other incredible organizations and bust their asses doing all sorts of stuff. Being an entrepreneur is also a curse. Yeah. Yeah. It's not, it's not a, uh, like, like I said, I don't know that it's like this ideal that everyone should live up to. It's just, right. If that's, if it's like breathing for you, creating and starting and trying to sell products or sell ideas. It's again, it's like, well, that's just who I am. It's not, it's not like the perfect yeah, lifestyle. It's just, that is Absolutely. me. So, yeah. Uh, what do you like most of the entrepreneurial process? Like, what's your favorite part? I mean, I guess it's the execution. I, I, it goes back to what I, I was talking about where, having in a blueprint or an idea or an org chart or you know that that's all part of the cool process but i i really like this sort of idea of executing like like a year later which takes a ton of patience seeing the fruits of the labor seeing the people around you you know see these things manifest and all the different lives you change and the experiences that come through it so for me it's like the, this wild concept of like I was thinking about USA skateboarding the other day of like wow this is just crazy like you come in and and this can apply to any business you either start from scratch and you manifest like a piece of paper into a warehouse full of stuff and people's lives changing or you know you go into a like a startup situation or a company that needs a turnaround and then the fact that you're looking down looking down or up or whichever looking at it and seeing it correct itself and be successful is really rewarding um i love when i mean this is terrible but i love when the one of the things about being an entrepreneur that i've learned this has taken some time because i'm old now is that typically when you're an entrepreneur most people don't give you uh props they don't you know, the, most of the world is working against you. Um, I've leaned into that because my whole life as a kid, being an artist, coming from a broken home to discouragement, whether it's family, friends, outsiders, other partners, CEOs, you name it, acquisitions, selling your business and, and trying to kind of push you around and all that when you have a bigger player involved. But there is this level of like, I'm just going to go do, execute, make people happy, do what I love. And I like that you prove to the world that taking these alternative alternative routes and showing the big, you know, the man that they can't hold us down. That like wh whether you're a skater or an artist or an entrepreneur, 
that we find, you know, gateways, chasms, you know, we're, you know, digging holes under the fence and escaping. And were those guys hucking over the fence? You just were gnarly. And these other people, and it's not that they're bad, but I do like this sort of grit that we carry that, you know, I watched that TV show Succession. Pretty interesting. We just finished it, actually. But, you know, people running through the halls with their clipboards and their suits and everybody. You know, we're the guys that are, like, up in the rafter climbing through, like, like a Mission Impossible film. And, you know, and I, I really like that because uh, I just think that's how we build a great a great world, a great society in so many ways. It's it's that other way is probably why so many things are screwed up, you know, getting into the system and and being a part of the giant machine. And to me, it's the greatest things that have ever been created in the world is through that grit, you know, whether it's these insane Greek sculptures or Da Vinci or the invention of the Tesla. Those yeah. were all done in the in the grit apple these things that i'm talking about um and to be a part of that process and have lived and lived it myself and with other people that are as gritty or grittier i i just think that's the beauty of, of like startup or or entrepreneurialism even going into a giant company i think the coolest thing about that that i've definitely experienced a few times is you i call myself like the anti-consultant because you go in and you're like, you know, most consultants, a great example, like they just don't have real experience. So these other successful people bring in these other people that never really done it. And you go in and you're like, oh, you know, you can just go through this wall by just taking a giant sledgehammer and just busting through it <laughs> or digging, digging a hole through the rafter. And yeah. Here's all these other ways to run your business. And, and I think the way that, uh, most people do things, which I try to be crazy, is they're like, oh, we can add an employee here and we can build another office over here and we can hire a consultant here and create a few more ways to insulate us from the consumer experience, insulate us from the other staff, insulate us from the warehouse, insulate us. And, and not only are you getting further and further away from success and, re and understanding your own business, but you're also making yourself further and further away from the the authenticity of where you why you even started it and your staff or whatever you got going on and and these big companies they they just keep putting nerf everywhere like nerf insulation nerf insulation and then these flipping ceos are just like and they got more snakes around them right that are just continuing yeah. to, to distance because it's everybody's posturing and you know hiding information and I'll, only i know that and only i'm going to know that so therefore i'm in, and and that's how the whole corporate society just gets just completely messed up. I'm going a little off subject. No, I love it. Oh, it's great. Yeah, yeah. So I, yeah, I like. I want to be the the. If I were to, my next gig is going to be the anti-consultant. Anybody's okay. looking for an anti-consultant, I'm your guy. Yeah. Well, I, I think that's exactly like <laughs> you said. That's what entrepreneurs do. Is we think of things I, I think one of my like kind of favorite examples as you were talking about that as you were talking about you know crawling under the fence i thought of steve mcqueen and great escape no, uh, do you know what? i was actually in when i said that out loud that was that that exact you know image came in that's so <laughs> yeah. funny yeah that's he's just that's that guy in my mind he keeps they're like hey stop and he's like no i'm just gonna keep doing it i'm gonna come up with a yeah. new way i'm gonna try something else and i yep. think that's it's like you said the true entrepreneurs are the guys 
who were willing to take the risk and you got to respect it even when it doesn't work. And then they try again and try again and try again of, Hey, I'm just going to keep trying this until I, until I finally figure it out. Um, yeah. You know, a funny example of that might be if I do, I'm always a visual guy. You imagine Steve McQueen climbing under the fence. And then at the end of the day, there's like $450 billion of like cranes building this gigantic bridge. that's going to be like finished in 150 years. And here's Steve McQueen. He's already gone under the bridge, started a new society. He's built, you know, <laughs> he's like 400 miles away, like living on an island. And these guys are still like drawing blueprints, paying consultants. Yeah. They're like, you know, finished about 10% of the crane. And that, that's sort of how I see the world is just yeah. like everyone's building cranes and giant buildings. And there's just so many other rad ways to do it. Yeah. Well, and I think that's that's what's hard. I think that's one of the biggest challenges is you talk to like, you know, investors can be difficult because often they're not operators. And so sometimes that's yeah. the disconnect is it's like, well, yeah, because I pivoted. Like I got in and then I learned some new information and I did something different. And they're like, yeah, but the original plan, you're like, yeah, so we changed. Like that's entrepreneurship. It's every day getting new information being like, oh micro pivots and micro changes to like, oh, that's new information I didn't have before. And I've noticed that about entrepreneurs is they process new things really quick. Um, you know, yeah, like no, that's actually a good point. Yeah. They'll see something in the world and like immediately like, is that true? And then if it is true, they're like, I'm going to incorporate that into my approach to things. Yeah. Um, and I think that's one of the unique talents. So, I love the anti-consultant. I think that's the, just going in and uh, doing things and like, you know, we could blow that wall up. We don't have to all walk around it. Um, well, I think it's also telling people the shit they really don't want to hear. Yeah. And, you know, when you hire a consultant, uh, it's pretty down. It's really, I've been thinking about this a lot lately because the a consultant, and I've done a few, a little bit of that stuff, but not a, not a lot. But a consultant, typically, you know, they, they you, it's a very touchy thing, right? Because you don't want to go in and piss off a CEO or this big dog that you're working for. And also, you, so you just kind of want to keep, they want to keep their jobs. And there's, it's a, it's a game. It's a little bit of a game where I think really, whether it's being a consultant or a friend or someone inside the organization in general, I, I mean, sometimes I was the most hated guy, especially when I was working in like the public company environment. Because they just don't want it. People don't want to hear it. Yeah. They just don't want to hear it. Like we, we kind of, you know, not to dig into it, but we went through it a little earlier. And I just think it's really best to be like, hey, this is happening. This is not good. It's all good. Like I'm not mad at anyone. You just need to know what's really going on right here. It's broken. It's gonna, It needs to be fixed. Um, I watched Judge Judy the other day and a guy was driving around on a donut tire for like two weeks and then the thing blew up and he basically almost cost him his life. And, you know, like everyone's like afraid to tell this guy he's driving around on a donut tire, you know, and like, hey, man, you really can't do this much longer. Like, it's going to explode on the freeway. And like, to me, that's like business. You got to like say, hey, this is, this is an issue. Yeah. Um, and people don't want to deal with that. You know? Yeah. They don't want to deal wanna... with it. They want to hear it. They don't want to, you know, and then, and then everyone's afraid to tell the guy. Yeah. It's insane. It's really insane, actually. That's where my fa my favorite part of the process and the part part that I'm addicted to is launching product and having people pay for it <laughs> and then love it is like definitely yeah. my high. It's definitely that yeah. high of like 
you've tried the ice cream. I had someone who I really respect and I sent it to and, and well, then they bought it actually. And so we sent it to them and he was like, dude, that experience was amazing. And for me, that was like, yeah. okay, like I, I created that out of nothing. That was an yeah, idea that I turned into an experience. And I yeah. think it's, you know, when you were telling me about tech decks, I'm like, dude, I like played with tech decks as a kid. Oh yeah. And you tech created cool. that out of nothing. It was it was an idea. Yeah. It was in your head. Yeah. And, yeah. and well, the, the, I've got to give those guys credit. They they had the idea, and we were the first to bite. Yeah. They they yeah. were running around like, is this is this a real thing? Like, can we do this? We got to get brands to sign up, and everybody was so scared of yeah this this concept of like fingerboards, and and mostly because I thought it was maybe cheesy, which I was like, are you kidding me? Is it toy for kids? So to credit to actually Steve Rocco and World Industries. Yeah, um, our brands over at Giants Distribution, but specifically Eleanor and the World Industries Camp were the first guys to, to get on to the, turn it into reality. To, yeah, yeah, yeah. And have, if, I don't know if Steve James would ever listen to this. But this he's the guy behind. He'd be a great podcast. Uh, he's the guy behind Tech Deck, and uh, he's a a real V and a visionary. Yeah. And he's the guy that basically hit up everybody, and so many people were scared to do it. We did it with them, and the the funny thing is, is now people are lining up trying to get you know get Steve James to sign their brand so they can get some tech deck real estate. Yeah, and he stuck to it for you know forever and pulled it. So it's amazing. shout out to Steve James from Tech Deck. Yeah, well, and and I think that's where entrepreneurial stories are so fun because you do you hear those times where everything from hindsight seems. You know, you text people like, well, of course that was going to work. And you're like, no, I'm sure there was a lot of times where that didn't feel like it was going to work. And like you told that story of, you know, they had pitched a bunch of people and no one thought it was a great idea. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. How did Element come to be? Was that something that was like just an idea that you were noodling on? Like, tell us more about the, kind of that process of that becoming reality. Skateboarding was in a really weird place. Um, it was very dark and negative, and I, it still has a lot of these aspects, uh, not just skateboarding. I mean, you can look at like hip hop culture, a lot of different things. I don't even know, like mo- motorcycle culture, yeah. a lot of these sort of grit, gritty, gritty sort of lifestyle uh, sports or activities tend to have a, uh, things that come along with it that that might drag it down, let's say. And skateboarding for sure had that, especially when I was a kid. I I grew up like I mentioned earlier, I kind of breeze over it, but it was it was just an, it was pretty gnarly life growing up as a kid. And with that, skateboarding had uh really saved my life, like given me purpose. And um the other part is that at the time and and still very much into nature and spirituality, reading tons of books about religion um, and sort of like a bit of a yogi world, right? And then that combined with the power of Mother Nature, I just had this crazy thought that implementing that into the world of skateboarding and what had saved my life and how do I tell that story through a brand became really important um and then i think you know the rule stating the kind of obvious is that skateboards come from trees <laughs> it's always that funny like oh there's, there's that this is so basic <laughs> but 
Skateboards come from trees. Trees have a life. Honoring that sacrifice. And, you know, in many sports like surfing, for example, they try to save the ocean. And in other things, you know, that where they're, they're, they're clearly the core of it came from somewhere. And it's pretty normal that you would be trying to preserve preserve that. But in skateboarding, it's really funny. Like, there's not a lot of talk about the tree. <laughs> it's really funny. Like, there isn't. Yeah. And still isn't. And so uh, it really became this thing about celebrating Mother Nature, celebrating uh, spirituality and positivity. And how do you tell that through a brand? And skateboarding ultimately was like the vehicle for that. I always say, you know, it wasn't about skateboarding. It was about skate the skateboard being the vehicle to all these other avenues and things in life that made made things fun. And I think that that is truly the story of skateboarding. And that's why people ask a lot about, like, well, what does music have to do with skate or fashion or nature? And the thing that's so unique about skateboarding is it's truly, it's a real thing. Like, it's this vehicle, like living in New York City or, let's say, you know, like a, definitely an urban area. This this little little vehicle takes you to all these different places in, in, the, in urban life or in a small town. Or you get in a car and you go somewhere else. But ultimately, the reason for, for the movement of throughout life is this little skateboard. And the skateboard brings you to the hip-hop club. The skateboard makes, you know, you don't have, there's no fashion restrictions. So you get to wear what you want and express yourself. So it, it really is, in literal terms, the vehicle to this other society and world and things that help shape you. And, and that is where I came, became obsessed with Element um, and how to manifest that through a skateboard brand. And that happened. Dude, that's amazing. Yeah. What one of the things I noticed about entrepreneurs is I think sometimes we're not very good at it, we were constantly as high performers kind of moving the finish line on ourselves. Like you know, <laughs> yeah. now I gotta get here, now I gotta get here. Oh yeah. Well I, that's rough, but so true. Yeah. It's just something I I actually my CEO coach was talking about this with me. He wrote a, he's writing a book and one of his, his chapters is all about this gain in the gap. Uh, and, and I think there was someone he, he learned this principle from of like, we're constantly looking at the gap between where yeah. we want to be and where we are. And we forget to look at the gain of where we once were and where we've arrived. Yeah. As you look very back, fair. very true as an entrepreneur who's had an amazing career, as you look back, what are what are some of those moments or a moment where you're like, man, that was crazy? Like, I'm sure you have some that were just super fun of like, dude, I was sitting there in this room with, you know, this person. And, and, and now I kind of look back and I'm like, oh, I should have treasured that moment more. Oh, yeah. My wife says it to me all the time. You know, you don't spend enough time celebrating your successes. And... I don't, I, I, you know, it's funny. I, a couple things, and I know there's a limited time on this, but, uh, what a thing that if I were talking to entrepreneurs about, like if people that are listening, we're really hard on ourselves. We're really, really hard on ourselves. And, and, you know, as I get older and a little wiser and I, I, I do a lot of different things to kind of balance myself out that I definitely didn't give myself time to do when I was younger. Um, we got to be a little more forgiving and compassionate for our, to ourselves, which I, if I had known that, I think I could have been maybe even more successful because I didn't, I didn't nurture myself ever. 
I nurtured everyone else and, and there was a lot of, you know, this is deep, but I think this is my, you know, my, my sort of offering to entrepreneur world is that, uh, you know, I was suffering and wouldn't talk a lot about that. So yeah. I had everybody around me and most people around me in a lot of ways now looking back, they're pissed off, holding grudges, you know, all these things that are really gnarly as an entrepreneur. And what no one really does, I think it's interesting. It's actually sad. It's a, it's a sad place to be. No one really says, how are you doing? Yeah. You know, how, how, or, or thank you. <laughs> you know, and so that can be a pretty lonely place. And I think it's really important to what well, you finally achieve something to stop, <laughs> break, celebrate it, be compassionate and, and nurture yourself through this crazy journey. Because no different than like training for a marathon, the more you train and, and, and take care of yourself, your entrepreneurial journey will be longer, more successful, healthier, because it can be short-lived if you just burn yourself out. Um, a really kind of crappy stat is that if you're an entrepreneur or CEO, you, you actually live not as long as most people. You actually don't live as long. You, you die earlier because you really just put yourself through a lot more wear and tear than most people and that 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 is can become something that you know eats at you and creates a, a rougher life so I'll, I'll answer the question but but i think that's something you know you got to be forgiving to yourself and nurture yourself um and take care of yourself and give yourself that time because if you're that psycho about calendars and drive and to-do lists and you know, multitasking and able to talk about ice cream and pillows and, <laughs> you know, whatever, you know, if you're yeah. able to do that, you probably can also say to yourself, my brain, my body, my health, my family and multitask and, and treat your life the same way you would treat your business or your entrepreneurial spirit with that ability to, you know, apply that at least in some way to your own self. But for me, man, I've, I've you know, it's crazy. I've met so many celebrities and been in so many like you know, red carpets or floor side at a flipping basketball game that I never in a million years would have thought I would be at or you know just I've had a crazy tons of insane experiences that I, I really can't believe honestly like a lot of times it feels fake like yeah. I actually think it's fake like I almost feel like sometimes it's not even real that it happened to me because it, it's so surreal coming from where I came from as a kid that I can't believe it went down. I think a great a great example of that is when Element opened its first store. At the time there wasn't ever I don't even there barely is even now, but no skateboard company had its own store. Like, you know, like not even like a mom and pop type small store. Like no skateboard company had a store period. Yeah. And so we I'd always kicked around It'd be so cool to have a store, an element store. Um, and, and it's funny because in my brain, small thinking, I was like, oh, it'd be cool to do it in my hometown in New York or New Hampshire, like a little pop-up grassroots. I had this, you know, you get the, the bell ringing when you open the door. And also <laughs> yeah. I had this sort of these crazy ideas of like, oh, I can live in that little town in the mountains, you know, and work at the store, right? Uh, but what what's crazy is is that there was an insane opportunity that didn't come along very often, where there was a real estate space, uh, a really nice piece of property in Times Square, right underneath TRL, 
MTV yeah. building. And I mean, it wasn't cheap. It was insane. I think prior to that, it was like a Aeropostale or an Abercrombie or something like that. It was a massive space. And there was a couple people around me that were very entrepreneurial, very ballsy. And I got the call and it was like, hey, I didn't even talk about opening up a store. What do you think about doing one in Times Square? And I was like, Times Square? Like, are you crazy? Like, <laughs> I'm trying to open up like a 500 square foot store in Wolfboro, New Hampshire. Like, this is insane. <laughs> so the, 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 I went there and looked at the space. And so I won't mention who it is because I, I don't know if they would like it or not like it, but I have a lot of respect for two individuals that got on board or planted the seed and really because yeah. you know, we were public we were a public company at the time so we we had the financial horsepower to do that what i'm talking about but you, know, you got to get shareholders to agree it's a big deal you don't just open a store up in times square like the the sell on something like that is is insane to pull that off but my point is is i'll never forget going to new york and like I said, I want to make sure. I, I, I one thing I always want to make sure with my age is to to never try to take credit for other people's balls and vision and leadership, good or bad. Yeah. So you know, this is not a solo mention here. What I'm describing. Um, but yeah, we walked into the store, and it was just black, pitch black, like flashlights out, and it had been closed down. The windows were like taped up. It was a disaster because whoever was there prior just had like bailed and left a lot of the stuff. And it was covered with like drop ceiling and just, you know, no character. And just looking around and, and MTV was upstairs. And at the time we were doing Jackass and Dan Margera and all the Jackass guys were all over MTV. That I think they, you know, I think it was even before Viva La Bam. But anyways, there was a, just a big sort of skate culture presence in the MTV VH1 world. Yeah. And uh, we knew that it was a good move. We knew that that like this could be, it was a really ballsy situation. And we signed the lease and we opened up an element store in Times Square, no other store before it. And we just grabbed our balls and jumped into the flipping deep end of, of a pool filled with ice. And um, next thing you know, Bam Margera's on, on MTV, like standing up there doing his uh, interviews with like Carson Daly. And there was a line around the building. And people coming into the store to like get their stuff autographed. The store was absolutely bad. Um, we had an insanely talented management crew. I think there was like over a hundred employees at one point. And it was just, you know, talk about a surreal moment. You stand there two years later or a year later at the grand opening. It was just a madhouse. Um, and it was a, a wild success for the time that we were there. And it, it expanded into other stores and did stores. And you know, uh, hats off to the the guys behind it also. But we, you know, of course, skateboarding won't like probably won't like what I'm saying here. But we were like, hey, man, we don't even want to try to compete with the mom and pops. And why would we even? You know, we kind of got a lot of crap for being this big mainstream store. But the point, the real thing is, is can you imagine if we had opened up a little element stores all over the place right next door to the mom and pop store? Would have yeah. been a disaster for them. But instead, we were like, no, 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 we don't want to do that. Let's 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 stay away from that. So people need don't ever understand the logic there because like I'm yeah. trying to not be hated because I'm like let's not compete. So we ended up opening up stores in like Piccadilly Circle and Sydney um, and all these like more Universal Studios. 
because we were like, okay, we won't do that. We're going to go big every time. Um, and it worked for a long time when Element was on its high. That's, that's a amazing. long story. No, that's <laughs> an amazing story. Uh, that's so fun. I mean, and, and that's, I think, you know, when you look back, that's the kind of stuff that is. It's really fun to be like, man, that was crazy. Uh, feels, feels unreal. Doesn't feel yeah, real. Yeah. And, and you, you know, as you mentioned, some of the challenges you went through as a kid and then, and yeah. then getting there, that is that grit and that spirit of entrepreneurship that's like, you kind of have to have that chip on your shoulder. I'm going to prove that I can yeah. do stuff. And it's really fun. I, I think that's We're so all amazing. insecure. We're all insecure. Yeah. Trying to make our dads proud. <laughs> that's ultimately oh, what's happening. It's all daddy and mommy issues. Yeah, yeah dad and mom. Look, I, I really am a success. I promise. <laughs> that's so, what this is so all great. about. I love the, we're, we're getting into the, the therapist zone. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I love it. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, this is so fun. This is like the best part of doing podcasts is I just get to hear uh, life lessons and advice from people who I admire and respect. And so uh, I feel I like I'm the, I appreciate that. I'm the biggest recipient of all of this. So thank you for taking time and, and coming with us. It's been yeah, really be, great. My, my last tip, be patient. Everyone be patient. Yeah. If you build it, they will come. Yeah. It's, I, I think it's like you said earlier, um, you know, it's, it's being willing to really be forgiving of yourself. Uh, and I think it is, it's, it's really important for each of us to look at, look like, man, look what I've been able to accomplish. And yes, I, I still have this gap of where I want to be, but how far I've come is also really important. So thanks for that reminder. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, of course. No problem. Thanks, Johnny. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Mm -hmm.